Is Justin Jefferson the best player under 25 in the entire NFL? Plus, what Jalen Hurts' injury could mean for the Vikings playoff scenario. Don't go anywhere. It's coming up next on Superior Sports Talk. Locked on Sports Minnesota Podcasts. It's endless Minnesota Vikings talk with the diverse voices of your local experts. Now it's Superior Sports Talk with CARE 11 sports anchor Reggie Wilson and Luke Inman. It's 30 minutes every day, and it's all the Minnesota sports you need. It's Superior Sports Talk, and it starts now. Back in the lab, Reggie and Luke back at it. Another episode, Superior Sports Talk, presented by Locked On Sports Minnesota. It's your daily 30-minute breakdown of everything Minnesota sports, which you can now find streaming on your Roku or Amazon Fire Stick devices. Just go look up for our Locked On Sports Minnesota app there as well. That's the man, Reggie Wilson, on Twitter, at Reggie Wilson TV. Check him out every night up on CARE 11. Wednesday, Reg, shortest day of the year. Feels like the coldest day of the year if you're listening to this in the frozen tundra like we are. But you know what? It's my mama's birthday today. So it's always one of the oh. best days of the year in my book for me. Happy birthday. Hope she has a, a great day and uh, stays on the inside because our meteorologist Belinda is forecasting four to eight inches today. So God bless. Stay Ooh, in. Man, oh, man. Birthday shout out for moms. Huge fan of the show, by the way. Never missed an episode. Mm. How about that? How about that, Rich? That's how moms hey, plenty do, to man. get into. Yeah, plenty to get into. Remember, follow along Lockdown Minnesota YouTube channel. Hit the subscribe button. Leave us a comment. End on Twitter. Give us a follow. It's at Lockdown M-I-N. And remember, after this show, go check out Lockdown Sports today. From the games that matter most to the biggest stories in sports, go beyond the scoreboard and behind the scenes with local experts only Lockdown can provide. Lockdown Sports today, available on this app, YouTube, or wherever you get your podcast. Speaking of YouTube, Every day, post that new poll up on Lockdown Minnesota YouTube community page. Yesterday, I asked fans, who was the unsung hero from Saturday's record-breaking comeback? Now, remember, these are the unsung heroes because I saw a lot of comments, hey, where's K.J. Osborne? Well, he got a lot of love, as he should have. What, 12 catches, buck 80, career day for K.J., love to see it. But these mm -hmm. are the unsung heroes that we threw up there. Pat P., he rallied the troops in the locker room at halftime. Eric Kendricks, he led the team with 12 tackles. Greg Joseph, he iced the game, made every kick on the day. And Duke Shelley, who continues to just step up and play a big role with so many injuries in the secondary. Here were the results. Duke, he takes it home. Nearly 70% of the votes, Pat P. and Greg the leg nearly tied for second place so reg here's my question ever since duke came in in that buffalo game seems like years ago now he broke up that huge pass on dawson knox in the end zone he's been just an integral part of this secondary saturday he made a handful of big plays again has this dude earned the right to leapfrog cam dansler for the starting cornerback spot what's your opinion on the way duke shelley's playing and cam dansler's role with the viking secondary so it's a good problem to have, especially mm -hmm. because, you know, the Vikings defense has been getting torched uh, this season. And so, look, if you got another starting caliber cornerback, I think he'd be a good addition along with Cam Dantzler. It's funny because people were like, oh, my God, did Cam Dantzler get demoted? 
like last year with Zimmer. Right. Because last year he was demoted for Chris Boyd, and people were like, whoa, like, what's going on with this kid? In the doghouse here. What what happened? Yeah. And so he dressed. He was active. Didn't play a single defensive snap. Duke Shelley played all the defensive snaps. Was the highest-rated player on Pro Football Focus at 83.9. The dude was balling out of control. We learn after the game, Kevin O'Connell says, oh, yeah, Dantzler was dressed as an emergency. That was always the plan. Mm, mm. He was only going to play in case of an emergency because of the injury that he had. And so you can kind of calm it down a little bit, but, you know, whenever a guy plays well and someone else is stead, now all of a sudden you have a controversy. It's interesting because – you know, Duke Shelley isn't the biggest guy, you know, so you would think that, like, he wouldn't be positioned well enough to, like, he's 5'9", right? Right. And you would think, like, okay, at cornerback, a little undersized, you know, but the guy just makes plays, man, some big, big pass breakups. Whenever a quarterback tries to try him on his side, he goes out there and he balls out. And I think he has made the case. You're talking about a guy elevated from the practice squad out of Kansas State. You're talking about a dude that has now earned the right for some added playing time. And I don't know if that comes at the expense of Cam Dantzler. Cam Dantzler does some good things when he's in there. Uh, I don't know if he's fully healthy. You know, Mm -hmm. uh, that game against the Lions, he got beat quite a bit over the top I, i'm looking i'm remembering that uh that deep play to to dj shark yep that he beat him over the top uh on the along the sideline and i'm like man i don't know if he's fully healthy or not I, or did he need some more time before coming back from that ankle injury like i don't know but i think when you look at the recent play of Cam Dantzler as opposed to what Duke Shelley has been able to do when he stepped into that starting role, I think that's what probably makes that question feel a little bit more valid to ask. But I do think that Cam Dantzler does some good things when he's out there and is a solid player. If there's a way to get those guys both involved in there, then that would be good. But he has earned the right for more playing time for sure. Yeah, to your point, like as a coach, it's tough. You start out the year hoping the young guys, the higher draft picks, if you will, they're going to go out there, earn their spot, and develop the way you hope, but not always the case. Cam's been beat up a lot this year, as you said, and when the opportunity presented itself, Duke Shelley's just been balling out, man. He's earned the right to be the Vikings starting number two cornerback, without a doubt, in my opinion. So much of cornerback, too, is confidence. You hear Deion Sanders and all the top corners say it all the time. You can just see it with Duke right now. He's playing with his on fire, playing with confidence. And I'm not saying Cam still isn't the long-term solution out there, but right now, just sitting here today, Duke Shelley should be the team's number two cornerback because he's earned it. And you know who it reminds me of just a little bit on a smaller scale? 
Antoine Winfield, short stature, but will come up and hmm. just smack you in the mouth. Doesn't have the elite coverage skills and awareness of Winfield. So I'm not putting him on that level. That wouldn't be fair. But just the approach and like the style to his game, it's got a little Winfield in it. Some mighty mouse to his game, if you will. And mm -hmm. like you said, came up off the streets. He was practice squad, plucked from Chicago, comes over, sits on the practice squad, eventually pulled up. What's interesting too, you mentioned his stature. He's only five foot nine. You would just assume that he would be a slot in inside cornerback given his size he was mm -hmm. asked that he goes you know in Chicago they started me out there because everybody thought that's what made sense on paper but to be honest I'm actually most natural outside as a boundary cornerback so I think the mm. Vikings will just take as many bodies and as much depth as they can at this point given how many injuries they've dealt with but clearly Chandon Sullivan seems to be cemented in that inside slot cornerback role I think Duke Shelley has shown that he can play outside at boundary cornerback for now until Cam Dantzler does get healthy but for now yeah number two corner I think it's got to be Duke Shelley man so go check out the YouTube community page every day posting that new poll over there don't miss a beat go comment let us know what you think all right let's flip to the other side of the ball justin jefferson he needs 126 yards and change the next three weeks to break the mm -hmm. all-time receiving record set by megatron here's the two big things standing in his way here reg one he ends the year outdoors in lambo and in soldier and we've already seen those conditions they can get cold as they do. Not the ideal passing conditions to be out there trying to break any records. And number two, pending how this next week or two goes, the Vikings as a whole, just top to bottom, may be put in a position here where their seeding is locked up, whether that's the number two or three seed, I think statistically favors them being the number two seed, but could be either or, and could be very tempted to sit the majority of their core players, rest them up for the playoff run, just your quick thoughts on JJ's race for 2K and these kind of obstacles standing in his way. Yeah, I look at who the the teams are that are left. I think, you know, you look at the Giants, they had a pretty good game on Sunday against Scary Terry, who is one of the mm -hmm. better cornerbacks in the league or better wide receivers in the league. And so it's so interesting to see, like, okay, it really hasn't mattered, it seems, uh, for Justin Jefferson lately, uh, who he plays. Like, he's kind of, like, getting his. Like, look, Stephon Gilmore is one of the best cornerbacks in the league. Like, the dude is probably, like, a future Hall of Famer. You know what I mean? Like, that. that's, mm -hmm. that's like, a thing. But I think if you look at, like, the, the remaining opponents, and I know field conditions could be, you know, a thing. But, I mean, look. That Giants defense is not necessarily all world, you know, like I couldn't I, I tweeted on Sunday just kind of, you know, poking fun, but I couldn't name you five Giants players like I, I think I saw on the defensive backside like they, they got a guy uh, Julian Love. I know Jalen Smith is there now. Uh, former Cowboy it was a, a high draft pick like. I don't know who they have. Like who? I, so I give. I give you're right. It's not a lot of name brand guys. It's really not. And, it's not. And I look at some of the games that the Giants have played against the Eagles. They gave up 48 points, and those wide receivers just went out there and balled out. Mm -hmm. Yeah, good point. Against the the Cowboys, they gave up 28. Against the Lions, they gave up 31. And we've seen how the Lions have played over the last several weeks. 
And so, look, I think it is is ready for them to to go out there and have a big game, especially last home game of the season. And it's time for him to continue on that role. And I think he's kind of reached that level where mm-hmm. he's getting his, regardless of who he's going up against, because Kevin O'Connell is doing a great job of putting him in the right position to get the ball. Like, look, Stephon Gilmore is one of the best cornerbacks in the league. He couldn't do anything with that route that he run that he ran for the touchdown. Like that route was absolutely filthy from JJ. And it seems like as the year has gone along, he's gotten even more momentum. You look at the the Packers game. I was kind of looking back here. Do you remember when the Packers hosted the Cowboys and they came back and they beat the the Cowboys in mm. overtime? Yeah. Yep. CeeDee Lamb had 11 receptions for 150 yards and two touchdowns. And look, we saw what Justin Jefferson did in that first week against the Packers. I mean, I know they're probably going to be keying on him a little bit more, but if CeeDee Lamb can get 11 for 150 and two two touchdowns, like, I think Jefferson is just as capable. And then, look, that last game of the season, the field conditions at Soldier Field are not great. We did see Jefferson enjoy a, a successful night last year. If you think about that Monday night game and then you think about that last game of the season where we were mad at Zimmer for not letting Jefferson get that record. But mm-hmm. I think he can go out there and do his thing because if you look at the Bears secondary, it's it's like, <laughs> what did I say yesterday? Like David Ruffin and the Temptations. It's like Eddie Jackson and the Bears <laughs> defense. Like that, that's about, that's about all you you see there. So you would think that, you know, if the field conditions are okay, like if he's able to go out there and run his routes the way that he wants to, you would think that he goes out there and he could ball and the Vikings are still playing for something. You know, this injury with Jalen Hurts just kind of opens the door a little bit for the possibility Mm -hmm. of that number one seed. If the Eagles lose out and the Vikings win out, there's a possibility that the Vikings can get that number one seed. And now you're talking about them hosting a playoff game on a first round bye and all that good stuff. And so I think they're going to be playing for something to the very end. So if they're playing for something, obviously they're trying to get the ball into their best playmakers hands, which means that gives Justin Jefferson a great chance to get this 2K. Yeah, a lot of good points there. End of the day, too, like there's plenty of just fair critiques and opticals standing in his way we could pick through and sift through. But you know what? Like, I'm just done doubting this dude. Like, all he's done is just prove us wrong time and time again. And I know there'll be wind, there'll be sub-degree temps, but what this man showed us Saturday is he's just one of the toughest, baddest SOBs in the game right now. And two, like, you look at just the statistics, what he needs to average, 126 yards for him, for JJ, on any given day, could look like a walk in the park. He'd get that in the first half. That's what I'm saying. So, I get it, like, not the ideal path the rest of the way, but... I will not bet against this man anymore. Can't do it. Ideally, he just goes off for 200 Saturday in the dome, in the easy conditions to make things a lot easier those final two weeks. And again, just nothing surprises me anymore with JJ. When KOC is calling the shots, you kind of mentioned it. I don't think the game script and flow of the game versus a run-heavy team like the Giants who play good defense, as you kind of mentioned,
imagine will line up for a huge passing day for anyone, to be honest. But again, just with JJ, I can't bet against him anymore. You just never know. So with all this talk about JJ, by the way, and now ESPN's latest article where they redrafted the 2021 class, I want to quickly run through the best players under 25 just to get a gauge of who you and I have as the best in the league right now. So I made this spreadsheet. Matt, I don't know if we can pull it up. If not, I'll post it later. I've got all the best and brightest under 25 kind of separated in their respective categories. We're going to go through lightning round style, build our own team. We each need to draft one quarterback, one offensive lineman, one skill position, one front seven player, one DB, and then I gave us one flex. So we're going to do this quick, no more than like 10 seconds for each pick, and then just give me two or three sentences why you maybe love that guy or that pick. I'll give you the honors with the first pick. We'll go snake draft. So I'll have the second and third pick. You'll have the fourth and fifth pick, so on and so forth. Mm -hmm. That makes sense? You ready to roll? Let's do it. 10 seconds on the clock. Top players in the NFL, 25 and under. Reggie Wilson, you are on the clock. All right, my first player, I'm going Justin Herbert because you got to start with the quarterback. You got to start with the quarterback. Whoa, what a banger surprise. I'm going to call that an off-the-wall pick. I thought for sure you'd go JJ just for the hometown votes, but I'm with you, man. You got to go quarterback. A lot of good options over there. I, for one, think Herbert is still underrated. He takes too much heat for whatever reason. I know his stats aren't always just blazing, but... I like that pick. I'm going to go JJ just for the hometown picks and then coming back. It's tough. It's between Sauce or Micah Parsons. I think I'm going to go Micah Parsons. I'm going to take the Cowboys edge rusher. Get my front seven guy out of the way. So you get the next two picks. Who you got? All right. I'll go Jamar Chase Mm -hmm. because, I mean, come on. Come Come on. on. Of course. And you went Sauce, huh? No, I went Micah Parsons. I left you Sauce if you want him. Well, I'm going to go sauce. Love it. So let me just stole sauce from me. So you got Herbert, Chase, and sauce. All right. So I'm going to go. I'm going to get my offensive lineman out of the way. I'm going to go Christian Derrissaw. Maybe I'm going Homer on the bit just a little bit. There is a lot of good options over there. But I'm going to go Derrissaw. And then I'm going to come back and I'm going to take Justin Fields. You know, I could probably wait on quarterback, even though you okay. already took Herbert. But I'm going to take Justin Fields. So you're back to back now. You need an offensive lineman, a front seven. And then you got a flex. You can take whatever you want. Okay. One, two. Okay. Two give me Panay Sewell. Ooh, nice pick. Yep. Give me, give me Panay Sewell. Okay. Give me Brian Burns. I like that. Brian Burns, rumored to be offered at least a first-round pick from a lot of teams when the Panthers traded away McCaffrey. They said, all right, you, you go going dumpster Panthers fire, like, you nah. train away the farm. And they said, Panthers no, like, we need no. two first no, no, no. minimum. That's how good Brian Burns is. <laughs> um, like, all right, do I need to – don't do that. All right, I need a DB. Sauce is off the board. I'm going to go Patrick Sertain, Jr. Yeah. for my DB. And then my flex – you already took Chase, man. That's dirty. I'm going to go. I can't believe DK Metcalf's on this list. That dude seems like he's been in the league for nine years. He's still under 25 years old. I'm going to go Waddle. I'm going to have Jefferson and Waddle on my team. I'm going to go Waddle. All right, you got the last pick. Mr. Relevant. Flex, you can pick any position, any player. Even double up on quarterback if you wanted. Maybe that's not a bad idea. Any position, but you got the any board. player, huh? Any any position, any player. Yeah, give me Amon Ra. I love that pick. Still one of the most yeah, underrated, under-25 players in the league right now. So, 
Kind of a fun exercise. Herbert Sewell, Jamar Chase, Brian Burns, Sauce Gardner, St. Brown. Love that. I got Fields, Darisaw Jefferson, Micah Parsons, Sertain, and Waddle. My team is beating your team. <laughs> okay. All right. There you have it. Here's the deal, Reg. Before the trash talk begins, I'll post these results here later on my Twitter, at Luke underscore Spinman. We'll vote on who you think has the best team. But again, just kind of a fun, quick exercise to showcase not just who you and I have at the top, but just how flooded the NFL is right now with so much young, emerging talent that, I mean, Absolutely. should be around for a long, long time. So, so many great options up there that we didn't even select, we didn't even mention or talk about. We'll throw the list up there so you guys can take a peek. And maybe most importantly, too, what this shows, despite all that young talent that we just kind of laid out there, Justin Jefferson at the top. Probably a consensus top two, top three pick. If not, maybe even number one, three out of five times, something like that. So just pretty fun to think about him in purple for years to come and the things he'll do under KOC. Back up yeah. that Brinks truck, baby. Pay that man oh, his yeah. money. Oh, yeah, pay him man. whatever. Whatever. Yeah. Blank whatever check. Oh, by the way, too, ESPN's 2021 redraft is out. Jordan Reed, Matt Miller. They got Christian Derrissaw now going ninth overall to the Broncos. So as if mm. J.J. wasn't enough, Vice got two blue-chip core foundational pieces to build around on the offense for hopefully years to come. So if you haven't already, go check that out. Pretty cool stuff. All right, coming up next, we're talking Vikes playoff seating and scenarios, plus the Twins plan at shortstop now that Carlos Correa has flip-flopped over to New York. But first, Vikes jump back up to 10-1 to to win the Super Bowl. Vikings open this week. First, the Giants four-point favorites over under sitting at 44.5 points. Make sure to keep tabs all season long and check those odds out and more with BetOnline. BetOnline.net, fastest and easiest way to check in on all your betting needs. Find all your favorite sports and events at the number one online source for odds lines and games stats news info you want it they got it nfl nba nhl even mma and ufc bet online makes betting easy and is your number one source for all your betting needs go to betonline.net today to learn more that's betonline.net where the game starts all right reg time has come for what does it mean it's time to tell us what does it mean first one up Eagles quarterback Jalen Hurts, he's got a sprained shoulder, could miss this Saturday's game versus the Cowboys. What does it mm -hmm. mean for the Vikings' chances at the number one seed with three games to go? Now, here's the deal. They're two games back in the standings, but really three. They need to win three. So Eagles need to lose all three. Vikings would need to win all three to win the number one seed. But if Jalen Hurts isn't playing, chip in a chair, they got a shot, right? I would think so. Look, they got to they gotta win these games out, man. You know, what mm -hmm. was tough was the last thrilling or exhilarating win where they, quote unquote, emptied the clip yep. was the win against the Bills. Man, they came mm -hmm. out and just got stomped the next yep. week against the Cowboys. And so they're going to have to, like, avoid another loss like the that hangover. to the Giants. Yeah, yeah they, like. I mentioned last night on Care 11, like, look, the NFL stands for not for long. And usually it's like when they talk about careers, but it also is about games. Like the wins after one, you're already on to the next. Like, yeah, it's cool. It's fun. It's great. Yeah, great. Yeah, yeah. But now the rent is due again and it's time to go pay it once again. And if they are not on it, the Giants will stomp them like. It, there is a possibility. St. Quan Barkley, Daniel Jones, like, I think they have the tools to beat a team like the Giants because I don't think the Giants are, like, the greatest team that I've seen. You know, I think, you know, when they were 
continuing to win those games. I feel like it was by circumstance or happenstance. And so I think overall talent on this Vikings team is more than what's on the Giants team. But they cannot avoid – they have to avoid a letdown. They cannot come out there and be flat again like they were coming out against the Colts and expect to to win again. Like, they can't keep putting the fans through that too. Like, the fans are exasperated at this point. But they have to continue to win. And look, these are three winnable games at the end of the season. And you just got to – you got to find a way to get those three because the Eagles, like, look, Jalen Hurts would be out. Like, Gardner Minshew is no slouch as a backup quarterback. Like, he can get it done in the league. Like, he's shown it before. And so I feel like they're going to continue to keep winning. The Vikings have to do their part. Yeah, Eagles remaining schedule at Dallas this week again. That's a Saturday That's game. That's tough. Jalen Hurts may miss that one. Versus the Saints at home, they'll probably spoil Vikings' chances at the one seed with that one, but you never know. And then they wrap up again versus the Giants at home. Again, those division games, especially this NFC East this year, are always a slugfest. So you never know. Two of the last three division games in the NFC East, so you never know. All right, next one up. Carlos Correa flip-flop and bolted from San Fran, West Coast to the East Coast, over to New York, now signing a 12-year, $315 million deal with the Mets. What does it mean? You can take this whatever direction you go. I feel like there's a lot of talking points here. Talk about Correa, the flip-flop, what the Mets look like now, but also just make sure you end it with what the Twins' plans are at shortstop for the future in 2023. No idea. Like People are thinking like it's just going to be Kyle Farmer. You know, until Lee comes back, like I, mm-hmm. I, I mean, Lewis, until Lewis comes Lewis. back, and I'm like, okay, like, I Check guess, it. like, you know, I, I, I spent some time in Cincinnati, you know, when Farmer was an infielder for the Reds, and you know, he played well, mm-hmm. but losing out on Carlos Correa and going to a Kyle Farmer, that's different. That's different. Look, this has to feel like a double knife in the back. Because Correa had a chance once things fell through with the Giants. He had a chance to go back to the Twins and be like, hey, y'all still want to make a deal? You know, Wayne, get Wayne Brady over here. Let's make a deal. Yeah. Yeah. And he still chose not to go to Minnesota. And I get it. All the stuff that the the Mets have done in the offseason, you know, re-signing Nemo, uh, Verlander, Quintana, like they have they have position themselves to be quite the contender, especially next season before the foreseeable future. And so maybe he felt like the upside of going to New York was better than going back to Minnesota. But if you look at it, the reported offer that Minnesota offered, the 10-year, $285 million deal, is still a higher average annual value than the contract that he was going to sign with San Francisco and then the contract that he is about to sign with the Mets. It's just kind of crazy. Like, And it said the, the Giants had a difference of medical opinion with Correa, and so that whole thing fell through. They were about to introduce this dude yesterday, and That's all of a sudden now he's, he's a Met. And so it's, it's kind of wild. Like He had a chance to, to get back with the Twins and still chose to go elsewhere. That has to feel just a little bit more of a burn for Twins fans who already felt the burn from him spurning them once. Were they not in on Dansby Swanson at all? Well, why wouldn't they just kind of go on tilt and say, all right, it's the only good option left here at shortstop. We, we just got to break the bank. Go for it. 
I don't I don't think that they wanted to break the bank for a player like that. Okay. Like I think okay. they they wanted to probably do something reasonable. All right. But I mean, seven for one seventy seven. I don't know if they were willing to do that with a player like Dansby. Like he had the one good year last year as far as like with the bat. But, you know, he's a really good defensive shortstop. But I don't know if you just are relying on this guy after one good year with the bat to be like a cornerstone for the future. I didn't think that they were sold on that. Fair enough. No, that makes sense. All right. Last one here. Nas Reed. Dude scored 65 points combined during the Wolves' latest three-game winning streak. What does it mean for Reed and his role with the team when both big men are back in the lineup? You mentioned yesterday Rudy Gobert. He's day-to-day. Carl Towns still a couple weeks out. Dude, man, Nas Reed is about to get a bag in the offseason. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if it's going to be with the Timberwolves because, like, they got to do some, some, some things. Like, you know, I'm not sure if D'Lo is going to be a long-term option for the Wolves after this season. So maybe you get his contract off the books and you can sign another max-level player, or maybe you sign, maybe you sign a, a not necessarily a max-level player, but someone under that who's still a very productive player. And then you do have a little bit more money to sign guys like Nas Reed and Jalen Noel to, you know, some nice deals. I think as long as Rudy is out, as long as Cat is out and Reed is in there playing, like he's going to ball. You're talking about a 28-point perf- uh, performance against the Thunder and then a 27-point performance the other night. Like the dude is a walking bucket at this point. He's averaging 14 points over the last 10 games, and he's shown that he is making the most of his playing time. Chris Finch said whatever they ask of him, he goes in there and gets it done. And there's something to be said about a guy who can just, whether you bring him off the bench, whether you put him in starter minutes, he just goes in there and gets buckets. That is a valuable player. And someone's going to find him valuable enough to give him the bag. And I just wonder if the Timberwolves are going to be able to afford to keep him. Yeah, it's going to be really interesting. Already traded the farm in the future, mortgaged the whole thing for Rudy Gobert, another big man. But you developed mm-hmm. this guy, man. He wasn't a yeah. high top draft pick. And I'm a draft guy. I love all the top high draft picks and watch him develop and see what they do. But I love a good underdog story, man. He wasn't the big high draft pick to see him just develop and come along in his career. And you did that as an organization and a coaching staff. Mm-hmm. You'd love to see him stay around, but it's going to be awfully tough with two other big men in front of him for the long haul. T-Wolves, by the way, rematch tonight in the backyard at the Target Center. Tip-off 7 p.m. versus the Mavs in Game 2. Again, they won that first one, 116-106 Wednesday night. All right, that's a wrap today. Remember, like, rate, review, and subscribe to the YouTube channel. Join us every day for another episode with your 30-minute breakdown of everything Minnesota sports. We're a podcast, too, free and available, all platforms. Subscribe, drop us that five-star review, and find us streaming on your Roku or Amazon Fire Stick devices. Just look out for our Locked On Sports Minnesota app there as well. That's the man, Reggie Wilson, on Twitter, at ReggieWilsonTV. Check him out every night up on CARE 11. Luke Inman on Twitter, at Luke underscore Spinman. Special thanks to the producer, Matt DeBritz. We're back tomorrow with another episode of Superior Sports. Sports Talk, part of Lockdown Sports Minnesota. For Reggie, I'm Luke. Until tomorrow, signing off. Be blessed. Spread love today.